Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. You're listening to In the Dirt. Hello, Muskoka. This is In the Dirt podcast on Hunter's Bay Radio with Laura Thomas. On this program, we will get into the weeds about gardening in Muskoka, sharing stories and tips from my experience as well as other landscape professionals. On the show, we will also dig into the relationship our gardens have with Muskoka's surrounding landscapes as well as how our gardens support wildlife and biodiversity. So let's dig in. So on today's show, I'm really happy to have Arlie Luckett from Gravenhurst Against Poverty to talk to us about um, their community garden program. So welcome to the show, Arlie. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Laura. Thank you for inviting me. Fantastic. So um, I guess first off, if I could have you just talk about what exactly Gravenhurst Against Poverty does and what they're all about. Well, Gravenhurst Against Poverty is a community group uh, with a long-term plan to eliminate poverty in Gravenhurst. It's very ironic. Many people think when you say you're from Muskoka or you talk about poverty in Muskoka, people think everyone here is rich (laughs) and don't realize that the community is full of people who, who work in the service industry or otherwise are not the, the well-paid tourists and, and second homeowners that uh, Muskoka is also known for. So, so Gravenhurst has a fairly low uh, income, mm-hmm. average income for families and households. And the purpose of Gravenhurst Against Poverty was to help determine what the needs were for, the, for our neighbors that are, are not as well off um, and see how those needs could be met. Uh, so in the beginning, um, there was probably the food program was first. There was a, a supper club providing a community dinner once a, a week at the United Church. And many people were attending that, that attended simply because they needed the food and others because they needed the, the social opportunity. Maybe mm-hmm. they were seniors living alone. So this was, that event was there. And the, I think the people that were first got the germ of the idea for Gravenhurst Against Poverty um, met with those people, came in, had dinner with the neighbors and so forth, and talked about what might be needed. It evolved that uh, it became incorporated into, that dinner became incorporated into Gravenhurst Against Poverty. And at the same time, they began giving away food um, people could pick up and take home. And then along came COVID, and you couldn't have community dinners anymore. But the need for mm-hmm. uh, food security greatly increased. Right. So there was a big change in, in what happened with GAP at that point. Um, they began delivering food first to the people who had been coming, and then more and more people were identified or, or self-identified as, as really being in a tight spot because their job was, the, the store was closed where they worked or whatever. Um, and, and so it really, it evolved into serving uh, delivery to everybody 
a hot meal and more and more people. So there's now, I believe there's 40 volunteers who drive every Thursday to deliver meals to people. That's amazing. Um, it's far outgrown the, <laughs> the size of the community dinner um, that there used to be. At the same time, they were talking to the people that were involved and that were needing uh needing some some assistance uh what else what kind of things do you need what what makes it hard to get food what what makes it hard what else in your life and another big issue that was identified was transportation mm -hmm. so a, uh, there's a transportation committee looking at a variety of issues but for people who don't have a car in gravenhurst it can be very difficult to get to medical appointments um and even to get pick up your groceries. Right. And so now, uh, Grave Interest Against Poverty has a transportation program. One of the things they've arranged uh, through money they've raised and some grants um, is free taxi service for people to go to essential services such as groceries um, and medical appointments. That's um, wonderful. Yeah, so that really, <laughs> that that's, those are the two main programs right now. Oh, okay. Um, they were working on getting together a community center for youth. Oh, yes, and I've heard of that. And, of course, we can't do that in COVID either. <laughs> you know, we're just coming out of that that phase, right? But they're, they're doing an online program while working towards that. Oh, okay. And you also have the community, like, food um, garden pro program as well. Yeah, so... Out, after the they when they started the uh, dinner program or started working with the dinner program and giving away food, they wanted to have a community garden aspect, uh, and that's when I was approached to get involved because at that time I was the liaison for the community garden, the Graveners community gardens for the gardeners there because. Uh, my partner and I rented two square foot gardens there because we didn't have enough square foot gardens at home, just <laughs> seven. Uh, and uh, and so um, I said, you know, I really didn't have time to coordinate, but I was happy to be uh, sort of a mentor to other gardeners and to take the lead on one set of gardens. Uh, this last past summer, we had seven different locations for uh, community gardens with gap gardeners. Um, and we also have people who grow extra at home, either intentionally or just because it's a bountiful season, who donate fresh produce. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's beautiful. So um, when you say community gardens, like whereabouts are they located in the community? Are they open to everyone or how does that work? Every location that's the official GAP Community Gardens um, has a, a one person who's taken the lead um, to plan the garden and to make sure that it's getting watered and, and harvest is happening and so forth. And other gardeners who help with specific tasks. So maybe they come and gar um, water. They, they commit to watering one night yep. a week or they, um, uh, for instance, I am the lead gardener on the gardens behind the Trinity United Church. We installed four square foot gardens there. And it, it most of the time, I only really need one helper. But in, if we have a drought, yeah. <laughs> um, that it can get to be a bit much to get over there to water um, as often as is needed. Mm -hmm. And also, because we grow a lot of green and wax beans, um, it, it, harvest season gets to be very yes. heavy work. Uh, you know, if you're growing tomatoes, you don't harvest, you harvest it more over the season. Um, and it's a longer season before it produces anything. But the green and wax beans, <laughs> um, they, they produce 
pretty steadily through the summer if you get the watering done and everything and pretty heavily but they don't you don't want to leave them on the plant like to the end of no, the week right? The, <laughs> right when green beans are ready to be picked they're you ready wanna, you want to pick them remembering the times that i've always had to like kind of cajole or like you know bribe my children to go pick the pick the beans because yeah. it was like you can't do it tomorrow you have to do it today like now's the day so yes i can fully understand that it's not going to wait <laughs> yeah you want you want to get them at their peak yeah and we really that sort of became the main crop for those gardens because uh we had a surplus one year at the Gravenhurst Community Gardens that are belong to the town, and uh, actually we had a garden that hadn't been planted, and I said I'm gonna I'll throw some beans in it, and we'll donate it somewhere. And that was when Gap was just getting started, and I uh, I heard about it and said mm-hmm. we had extra beans. I took them over there, and they were highly praised. People really like them because although like you and I know that on the vine they don't keep really long, they keep pretty well in the fridge. Yes. Yeah. So so it's it you don't have to serve it all the day you get it <laughs> or or two days or whatever. So that's sort of become our staple over there. We grow there tomatoes, mostly tomatoes and green beans. And oh, wax, right. green and wax mixed because I like the color mix. Yes. Yeah. We grow yeah. the purple ones too just because. Oh, we've grown some purple ones too, but I am not. I don't find they yield as well as the ones that we grow. Oh, okay. It just would be what, what, you know. I don't know why. Every garden's different, right? There's Absolutely. that. Yes. <laughs> There's that. And you do have to learn to adjust. So... There's uh, gardens behind Trinity United Church. There are gardens between um, Gravener's Public School and Gravener's High School. Technically, some of them belong to one and some to the other. There's 10 square foot gardens there. Um, And so they are now all planted for GAP and cared for. Um, And there's down at Gateway at, at the other end of Gravenhurst. They already had one garden. I don't know the history of that, but they said, they not only do they allow gap to garden it but they'll water it oh that's even better (laughs) it is even better and so the first year um we had the one there and the next year uh volunteers from gravenhurst against poverty installed another large garden um both raised bed but Mm -hmm. not technically square square foot gardens right um and so it's i found it to be a nice spot i ended up uh sort of monitoring it for a while because the person who had had said they would be lead uh, became ill during the summer last year mm-hmm. um and it, it it works out really it's very protected and so it lasts a little longer into the fall oh nice um yeah so that it's another one so uh bethune house came on board oh wonderful. and There's... tilled up a garden um with the proviso that what we grow there are heritage um, at least, or at least the uh, kinds of vegetables that would have been available at the time that, that Norman Bethune was born there. Oh, that's a kind of a nice um, blending of the two kind of organizations, right? And I yeah. think that's, um, yeah, that's really neat. And I would, it's, it'd be nice to see a lot of um, communities embracing this idea. And I always think about um, how much wasted space urban or suburban areas have, specifically people's front yacht lawns. Um, and it's, I always think it's nice to provide food, whether it's for us humans or for wildlife. Um, just think about how productive and how much um, we could help food insecurity if, if everyone just ditched the lawn and grew carrots or something. <laughs> something like that. You'd, you'd like our front yard then. That's where the seven square foot gardens are. Right. Because the backyard's too shaded. Right. And I think it's gorgeous. I think it's, that's what all front yards should be because they often are more sunny. 
um, and they're often just um, unused for recreational opportunities, right? Um, I mean, sometimes you can have maybe people walk by and help themselves to a few beans, but whatever. I think that's, (laughs) if it's a community garden and if it's feeding someone, good for it. Yeah, certainly with Gap, we don't worry about people that might choose to take something if they, you know, if they're Mm -hmm. hungry or they need it. But for the most part, we harvest it and it's distributed uh, as part of the food program. Another part of the food program is food rescue. So um, the food is being donated that uh, from by stores um, that are, you know, for whatever reason. you know they're not going to sell it so mm-hmm. i i get the feeling sometimes it's because they have something fresher but what they're giving to gap is still quite within the standards that you yeah. would use in your own home it's just that if you've got the new stuff coming in you have to move stuff on exactly yeah so. i'm a huge fan of the discount areas and grocery stores so <laughs> <laughs> um we're gonna have to take a short break right now when we get back from the break i'm going to talk to arlie perhaps about some first-time gardener tips um, you know what she found successful growing in or what she likes growing so um, hopefully you'll be able to join us back after the break after we hear from some of our sponsors Buy Muskoka for Muskoka your collection of Muskoka based talk shows Muskoka Magazine The Bay 88.7 I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine Okay, welcome back to In the Dirt. I'm Laura Thomas. Today I'm talking with Arlie Luckett from Gravenhurst Against Poverty. Um, And we're talking today about community um, garden programs. So essentially they have all these kind of vegetable gardens throughout the community that are feeding um, people in Gravenhurst that don't have access to... um, to, to, to natural food or um, to fresh produce. There we go. I knew I would get the words out eventually. <laughs> um, so before the break, we talked about, you know, how the program um, became established. And um, now I just kind of wanted to get an idea of what, um, you know, the program's been around since 2019. So Arlie's got a few years under her belt um, about what works and what doesn't. And so what do you think, Arlie, are your go-to suggestions for, for those um, new gardeners out there? Well, actually, Laura, I've been gardening in Muskoka for 45 years or something. That's a lot of years under your belt. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that, yes. And originally out in uh, Ride Township in Housies Rapids area. And then we took up square foot gardening when we moved into town. Um, And it's interesting, the different... uh, even local little climates that you mm-hmm. get. So uh, in, the, in the end, people have to try different things and see what works for them where they live uh, is one piece and mm-hmm. what the soil is like. Our soil out in Ride was so sandy. It was just really incredible. Um, and the, you know, in town in the square foot gardens is quite different. But in both, uh, and I mentioned earlier, the green and wax beans that we grow uh, for for Gravenish Against Poverty, um, there's a number of reasons why I really like that, that growing those. They, they, they yield over the, much of the season, so they, mm-hmm. they'll start in July and go right through to September. We get up to three different crops off of them usually, and we have selected uh, varieties that we found freeze very well. So that's one that uh, we literally, um, certainly when we had the bigger garden, grew a whole year's worth 
and, mm-hmm. and just froze them. Um, and now it does, you have to play with variety a bit. Yes. Some of them are better <laughs> for some things and some for others. Um, but they, it's lovely to have your own fresh produce you grew in your freezer um, all yes. year round. Now that, you know, uh, it's also yields very well and over a very long, consistent time for the grape and against poverty. And the feedback has been good that people mm-hmm. have really liked that one. It's interesting because I don't know that green beans and wax beans are something that get talked about a lot. It's true, they don't. And it's funny because I always, um, my husband is more of the vegetable kind of produce grower in the family, and he always likes to add new things to the um, garden every year. And he'll grow tons of everything, like turnips. And I think, you didn't consult everyone. <laughs> no one likes turnips. And we, the first year he grew, like I felt like hundreds of turnips, but I was like, no one likes them. Um, so it is nice that you grow yields that like people actually enjoy it. And I find um, sometimes the same with like things like kale, which I enjoy, um, but maybe not to the extent that my husband grows it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can imagine that. It was interesting trying to think about what to do for, for Gap. Um, like for a family, growing peas is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, because the children will usually, they, you're lucky if they make them into the kitchen, or yes. you can look at it the other way around and say they've had their vegetables by the time they come back indoors. Yeah. <laughs> so we've certainly enjoyed growing green, be- uh, green peas for uh, both uh, when our children were young and with our grandchildren um, because they delight in picking the peas and eating them fresh. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and uh, that's that's a great way to introduce children to where food comes from. Um, tomatoes, of course, are classic. Uh, it's uh, different ones become available. Uh, this whole many are grown in Muskoka. People um, donate like when you plant your seeds, you always plant more than you need plants for, right? So right. Um, we will receive what people have decided not, you know, they, they, they planted it, they grew it, they had 20, they only had room for 12, we get the other eight. Oh, that's great. Which so is if, quite nice if they come soon enough. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because sometimes any gardener tends to neglect the eight that they didn't need to plant anyway <laughs> until they find out there's somewhere they can do it. I, you know, zucchini has a really big good reputation and yet you have good years and bad years with Mm -hmm. that and with many other things it's also something like with zucchini at first i didn't know that you can't cut it down on the number by cutting back to just having one plant because they need to cross pollinate right so you don't you have to either have two or three plants or you're not going to get any or much of anything at all sometimes you might get a little bit uh, we've gone the other way too. My partner really likes certain kinds of drying beans that are not available in the store here. So we, two of those seven gardens are devoted to two different kinds of drying beans. One's the little red Mexican ones. The other one is, uh, well, we've dubbed it Swedish brown. I'm not 100% that was his original <laughs> one. Uh, when we lived out in Ride, we had something we called Mavis Mixed. And Mavis was the uh, uh, very experienced gardener who lived across the road. <laughs> who had once taken soup mix from the grocery store and put it in her garden. Oh, wow. And had all those years and since then been growing that out in uh, a garden very much like ours, which is across the road. 
uh, and it just a mix of beans, and it was lovely. And I grew it for years. In mm-hmm. fact, I actually published an article in Harrow Smith early on about it. <laughs> um, but over the years, ours it narrowed down. Uh, some you know, you have a year when one variety of bean would be very successful, and mm-hmm. one wasn't. And so, sadly, I don't still have Mavis mix. But it was oh. a lovely <laughs> idea, and you can just you know take beans and put them in the garden, kind of thing, and and. Uh, but you do need to, you know, our growing seasons is can be quite limited here. Mm-hmm. Although that's one of the interesting things about having moved into town. You know, we're not that far from Ride, but the growing season is much longer here in town. A little um, bit of a microclimate. I yeah, well, I think we're between sheltered. two lakes. That helps extend the, the season. Uh, and then the other thing is just with all the buildings and asphalt around, mm-hmm. it's warmer than living out in the sand and trees. Yes. And uh, so it, we do have a longer season here, and that's nice. Has um, Have you ever experimented with um, growing anything perennial, like asparagus or um, yeah, garlic? Mm-hmm. Garlic <laughs> yeah. we're growing. Oh, we're very happy with the garlic. It's one uh-huh. of our biggest, uh, happiest successes right now. Um, one of our seven gardens is, donated, is devoted entirely to garlic, and we're uh, last year we didn't get quite enough for the whole year, but um, the two years before that we have. Uh, so, and I really like Ontario grown garlic as Same. compared to the <laughs> uh, yeah the imported <laughs> variety. Um, so, and it's pretty expensive if you go to buy Ontario garlic. So that that's one yeah. that it uh, if you like to cook with garlic, and we really do like to cook. So, and I find like it's one of the easiest crops a gardener can grow. It like really it's not is. fussy. Yeah, and it, and it's a it's yeah you don't have to tend it constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you know you need to make sure it's watered like any crop, and we mulch it quite heavily so that it uh, that it wasn't that <laughs> onerous to keep it watered. And you get to eat the garlic scapes, which I had never had before. I grew them myself, so mm-hmm. um, and then have the garlic for the fall and winter. Um, so that's that's a good one. Uh, you can I read that you can grow them in pots too. So if you're if you just want to experiment mm-hmm. with it, um, the and one of the best things to do with something like that is if you can find someone who can you know give you a clove of garlic that they grew, <laughs> a bulb of garlic they grew, um, so you know it's acclimated to our climate because um, things that come from elsewhere, you don't know whether they need a warmer temperature or a different growing season. Garlic is best planted in the fall, mm-hmm. so you do need to plan a little he- ahead a bit. But the first year we did it, we planted it in the very early spring. and We've and done that in a pinch too, and it, it's been okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. So... Yeah, that's another, uh, it's a new one, a good one. Um, I'm trying, sometimes the names of things escape me. You mentioned kale. Um, we do, some of our gardens grow kale for, for Gap. And, oh, Swiss chard. Oh, was, yes. You know, like we, the first year we sat around the table, a whole bunch of us were, were gardeners. Uh, interestingly, with some very differing um, things we were quite sure about were good, the best thing to do for a garden. Uh, and that's part of the, was the nice thing about having lead gardeners. It was like, I could do it my way, and she could do it her way, and we yep. both produced. <laughs> um, but Swiss chard was one of the things that came up, and I thought, I don't know how many people eat right. Swiss chard. Um, and kale came up, and yet both of those are very popular. Oh, um, great. They're still grown. I wasn't was not extremely successful where I put them at Trinity, there was uh, 
there were these three large concrete cylinders that we, they were already there. So we just planted them, but I was assured the spot that we moved them into would be sunny by the people who were there more than I was before, and it's not. So I need something that will grow in them. And of course, the trees, the trees that are, we're shading it a little bit are, they just keep growing. Right, (laughs) more and more And they reach into the sun, that's what trees do. Uh, So, you know, I've been mostly growing little greens in there, and the shard is just mixed in there with baby greens. So we do three there, and whatever, lettuce, arugula, um, shard, sometimes a mescaline mix whatever's around I'll throw in there and and if I don't get that much in that garden still mixed in with 10 garden 10 mm-hmm. or seven locations bringing in stuff we end up with enough to to give um and different different families will get different things um so they track who they've given a bag of of salad greens to oh, um and such you know so that they get if they got enough for 40 families and they're feeding maybe 400 now or maybe 600 um you know they'll they'll shift around who's receiving what kind of things when they're now that they're packing before and and i don't know how soon they feel like they can go back to it again um people just got to you know come by and and choose and harvest themselves or no uh i we had a bit of of a a vision that people would um maybe participate in the gardening and Mm -hmm. and want to help with harvesting um, but have co- came to the realization that um, when you uh, are concerned about putting food on the table, so mm-hmm. concerned about that, um, and possibly also paying the rent, um, you just, you know, gardening is a luxury. Absolutely. Sadly. Yes. Um, but it, uh, so that part of it hasn't worked out at mm-hmm. this time. Uh, they're welcome to join in if they want, but no, they were putting them out on big tables and oh, and, okay. and, and and people would eat, they would eat their dinner there and then go by on the way out and and choose which things from the tables they wanted. Okay, so yeah. if we um, have listeners right now that either want to participate in the program either as someone that benefits from it um, or wants to donate property or produce how do they get in touch with you do you have a website yes <laughs> i was gonna say sadly i didn't bring it in my hip pocket but then again uh i couldn't hand you a card and have it help the people who are listening anyway <laughs> so grave interest against poverty has grave interest against poverty website um and there, right in there you can click on the garden mm-hmm. uh icon and and have a look at some of the gardens and it lists the person who's doing volunteer coordination now for the gardens we are actually now looking for someone um who will take that job on uh, I have not had time to do that, the coordinating the garden piece. Um, and so I, uh, you know, there's someone who actually isn't a gardener who's doing it uh, just to make it work. And we're hoping to get a lead gardener who would There you go, anyone listening. <laughs> uh, we also need people who will water and people who can be called on during harvest season. Um, those are great you know, opportunities. Um, working with one of us who's experienced gardener is a great way to learn more about what would work, um, you know, how to garden in this well, area. Well, it's a great volunteer opportunity. I know in the last two years, there was a huge interest in people wanting to learn how to grow their own food. So I feel like volunteering for programs like this gives you that opportunity to not only help your community, but you're just given the opportunity to learn from other gardeners how to like, what to do with your tomatoes and 
you know, like you said about the beans, like when to harvest and you can't just let them be for a week and hope that they won't go too big and woody. So, um, yeah, it's a great opportunity for people out there that potentially want to learn more a little about how to make their own produce. Yeah, we'd Um, certainly love to hear from volunteers. And of course, if you are a gardener and you do end up with surplus, um, we'd love to have it. Uh, yeah, so and they can just reach you out uh, through the website the best way. They can have a look at through the website. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I have to say that I didn't it, didn't come equipped with a phone no. number. I wish I did because I one of the things I know is that not everybody in Muskoka has good internet. <laughs> this and is true. So, uh, but yeah, that that would be the best way. Um, okay. All right. Well, that's perfect. Thank you, Arlie. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, but I've had a lovely time talking with you and learning more about GAP and the gardens and everything that GAP does. Um, so I wish you all the best in the coming kind of growing season. And um, to all the listeners, thank you for joining us today. And I hope you'll join me um, on our next episode of In the Dirt on Hunter's Bay Radio, um, where there'll be more gardening ideas and tips to help you and your garden grow better. You can also listen to us online at muskokaradio.com. 